And good evening, friends. Welcome back to the Quarantine Drinking Team Series. I say that as I pour a drink here, my good friend, Master Distiller, Alex Castle of Old Dominic in Memphis, Tennessee. How's it going, Alex? Not too bad. You? I, no, it's great. And I'm really enjoying this gin. We got a little whiskey we're going to try, some barrel-aged gin. Uh, this one that I just poured a, uh, a drink of, this is brand new for you guys, right? It is. It's been out for uh, less than two months at this point. This is beautiful. So it is the formula number 10 that has your name on it. Uh, really lovely bottle. Um, this is, uh, so what makes, it's, first of all, it's delicious, but what makes it a little bit different special as a gin gun? Uh, for me, I'm not a huge juniper fan, so I really want it to be able to play on other notes. Um, so I really focused on coriander, um, quite a bit of licorice root. So there's some really nice sweet licorice in there, um, as well as angelica root and ginger root. That's really beautiful. Uh, some of the ingredients, are they from that region of, of Memphis? Are you able to find any of those in, near Memphis? I don't know if you are. The only one that has any tie to Tennessee whatsoever is actually Oris root. It is the root of the iris flower. Wow. And the iris flower is actually the state flower of Tennessee. That is the state flower. So this is it a little is. Uh, Tennessee flower inside of the gin. Yes. Um, the uh, the old Dominic number 10, uh, really lovely stuff. So why is it called number 10 then? It was part of our R&D line, which is, you know, some of the other products we're going to try tonight. Yep. And we just assign formula numbers to every product in that line. Just gives us something to reference um, in the future. And number 10 just happened to be what that formula got assigned. That is so cool. So I, I went down about a year and a half ago to Memphis, Tennessee, and spent a little time with Alex Castle and the gang there at Old Dominic. It's an amazing distillery. If you've been there, if you're drinking some of it, if you've had any of it, tell us down below as you're watching us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Tweet back to us. Ask us questions down below or just tell us what you are drinking tonight. We always like to hear that. Uh, we like to know that you're drinking something because it's it's part of it's part of staying healthy during um <laughs> during COVID this COVID nineteen crisis. You get they told me in the beginning if you keep drinking, you keep that's like whatever you're drinking, it's good. That's what I've heard. Is that true? I I agree. <laughs> that's what I've heard. It's if you keep drinking, it flushes something out. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, you um you all have done some great stuff uh, since. This quarantine has happened. You have been uh, doing some great things at the distillery. Tell us what you guys have been doing. So um, like so many other distilleries, we did actually stop making whiskey and started making hand sanitizer. Um, you can so have some there, I see. <laughs> it's actually an empty bottle. I just wanted people to see the label. Okay. <laughs> no, we actually partner partnered with the Shelby County Health Commission and um, provided 10,000 small bottles that were then donated to um, low-income communities, first responders, the homeless, um, and just various places in the community, all free of charge. Very nice. Let's see that. Hold that up there just to see that. It's kind of very nice. Very yeah. nice. It's, so, and, and the base of that was, was it going to be whiskey or what would it have been? It was um, just grain neutral spirit. Right. So just what everybody else is using. Yeah. I've smelled, I've smelled a few of these. I mean, obviously, um, you know, we're not like reviewing hand sanitizers, but I, mean, <laughs> I have smelled a few from different distillers and they all do kind of have a unique nose. Uh, they have a little something different about them. 
which I, I think is kind of interesting, um, given that they were going to be alcohol. Yeah, I, I think I've heard of people using gin, actually, as the base for hand sanitizer. Yeah. So. Something that would have been whiskey. Um, mm -hmm. So that's great that you've been doing that. And um, and that's all, that's, that's all going locally. Yep, it was all local. And then we're also trying to do various campaigns within the city to help our hospitality people. Yeah. You know, as a spirits brand, restaurants and bars are a huge part of what we do. And they're hurting right now. So we are trying to raise money um, to be able to give back to them. That's that's so important. That's uh, and a brand. I'm sure that the, the the bartenders, the the hospitality community has been really important to the growth of um, Old Dominic. Absolutely. We, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing three years on if it weren't for them. Excellent. Um, so three years ago, tell us a little bit about uh, for those people who don't know who are watching. This is a brand that has a really rich history. Tell us about the history back then and how it uh, came back. Yeah. So while we've only been open for uh, three years, our company actually dates back to 18, 1866. Our founder, Dominico, came over from Italy and um, worked for his uncle for a little bit and then decided to start his own company. Um, and it started as a fruit cart. Um, it would just go up and down Main Street. And he eventually added a whiskey brand to it and called it Old Dominic after himself. Uh, it did not survive past prohibition, but uh, our company held on to the, the brand name. And back in 2013, 2014, our current president decided he wanted to get back into Memphis in a big way. And his solution to that was open up a distillery. That's incredible. And so this was the great, great grandson. grandson. Yep. That uh, that was familiar with the history. It was the, the brand was in the family, and um, you guys brought it back. Yeah, we did. It's. I don't think it was going to be quite as big as what it came out to be, but somewhere along the the lines, it just snowballed and became this really big project. Wow! And it, it remind me, it, it is the same space, kind of near the same space. It is just down the street from the original just building. Down, just down the uh, just down the street from where that was. And and what they were most known for back then was the was they were for uh, the brand itself they were a huge whiskey brand huge whiskey brand back then that's that's amazing it is a beautiful distillery I, I was so impressed with it your, the products you're making I love the research and development line and how <laughs> some of these have have gone on to become um, other products so we have the gin we're gonna try the barrel aged gin in a moment too we'll try the um, this really special one called All the Cookies Bourbon. It's really <laughs> great. Tell us about uh, a few of your other products. What else What else do you guys make? So we have two vodkas, um, one that we call the Memphis Vodka. It's just an unflavored traditional vodka. Um, we actually use our Tennessee Whiskey Mash Bill to make that vodka. Wow. And we also have a Honey Bell Citrus flavored vodka. Um, the Honey Bell is a southern fruit cross between a grapefruit and a tangerine, and we're definitely hitting the citrus vodka season right now. Um, and then we also have our Memphis Toddy, which is a flavored bourbon. It's actually a heritage product. It existed before Prohibition. Um, so we brought that back. Um, and then we also have our Healing Station product line. It's um, all bourbon that we uh, had our recipe, our yeast, and took it to another distillery and they produced it for us. And that toddy product is that is that kind of like a toddy that we know of? I know I tried some with you. It was really it's, 
um, we like to think of it as the original toddy since it dates back so far. Um, it does have a lot of the same flavor characteristics that you're used to, and you can serve it warm. So if you're used to a hot toddy, this absolutely can be served that way. Can be used. So wait, some of those uh, herbs and, and some of the whiskey and it's, uh, mm -hmm. wow. and that was, a, that, that was actually was a, one, maybe one of the first toddy products on the shelf. We believe so, because it definitely dates back to before prohibition. Um, and we actually had an original bottle still wax sealed and we had that liquid analyzed. Um, and that's how we came up with today's toddy. Is it true that it can be healing? I mean, it can be if you're getting a cold. I mean, have you ever found that to be the case? I mean, if you look at all the ads from before prohibition, it said all of the doctors recommended it. So <laughs> <laughs> they're not saying that now, are well, they? No, not allowed to say it, no. <laughs> You just say that you recommend it. That's what we can do. I, I recommend it. Absolutely. <laughs> and again, if you're just joining us, it's Master Stiller Alex Castle from Old Dominic in Memphis, Tennessee. Ask your questions below. I think we've already had a few questions. Uh, tell us if you've tried the products. Um, someone asked here, uh, how would you compare the strength of the coriander to that of juniper in gin? How do you compare this, I guess, to other gins that you'd be getting some of those other notes on? Um, it actually probably is similar to other gins just because coriander is a very common ingredient. Right. I think it's the fact that we use a little bit less juniper and other flavors to kind of, I don't want to say mask the juniper flavor because I'm not trying to, but I'm definitely, right. definitely downplaying it. You, you want to make it more subtle, but you want to have it there. Yes. Um, it's really nice. It has a very elegant, crisp flavor. I try. I actually am doing it neat, but I did have it in a tonic yesterday. I thought it was beautiful. It's a gin and tonic. Uh, really nice. Are there any um, favorite gin cocktails that you make with this? I'm actually a really lazy bartender, and uh, typically do <laughs> just gin and soda. <laughs> that's well, you know, it's that's all right. I think that's a great way to have it. So. She's, that's 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 true. It's well, you spend so much time making this stuff. We can't expect you to bartend too. Right? I took I took a year to make this. The last thing I wanted when it was done was to spend any time developing drinks. <laughs> what are some of the other um, other products? So these the ones that R and D line have been limited editions. Is that is that correct? They've been one offs, really small batch. Uh, um, some fun things so, you like, you played with that you've really enjoyed. I the barrel rested gin was a lot of fun. Um, and that actually was kind of covering up for a mistake. Our first gin distillation, we were learning the equipment, didn't really know what we were doing. And it did not turn out the way it was supposed to. It came out as a licorice bomb. And I'm not a licorice fan, so that was not okay. And so we decided to put, put it in a barrel um, for about a month and it mellowed it out beautifully to where it's yeah. an incredibly great beverage now. Um, and that's this one. Yes. Yep. So there was a lot of licorice in it. And then you said, let's, let's put it in a barrel and see what happens. Was that a barrel that had held your whiskey or was that a, uh... yes. Yeah. That was a whiskey barrel. A so, that was, so that was one of your bourbon barrels. Yep. And, and so how long was it in there? Several months? Or so? About a month. About a month. Okay. So describe how, how does the barrel cover things up and change things? We kind of know what it does with, uh, with regard to um, making bourbon, but how does it, how does that play on gin? I mean, I like it, but what's what's made this such a trend and so popular? 
Um, one, you definitely do get the whiskey characteristic, whatever was in that barrel comes through in the final product. Um, and so I think it, it does help tone down the juniper notes. A lot of people think are rather intense, right. um, can be aggressive or in this case, licorice root. Um, and it just helps mellow them out, but you also get a lot of that really great sweetness from the whiskey, um, and for some reason, the whiskey character, the whiskey notes, the caramels, the toffees actually play really, really well with gin. Wow. It's uh, it's really nice. So so this is a a gin. What you typically do to a whiskey, you've put this in a barrel for a little while. We see that a little bit of darkness, yep. right? And yep. that barrel has worked its, its magic on this. So this is a different recipe than the number 10, then. Actually, it's the exact same one. It is the same. Okay, it's the same recipe. Okay, so what notes? What notes should one be looking for when they're tasting a barrel aged gin? Whether whether it's yours or another one, which we're doing yours. Um, a lot of it depends on if you know what the gin started as. Right. Um, and of course, this is the same as the gin we just tried, but because production mistakes, it definitely was not the same liquid to begin with. Um, for me, I look for the gin characteristic notes. So whatever you're associating with that gin, in this case, licorice root and a little bit of juniper. Um, but then it depends on the whiskey too. So for me, I do get some of those sweet notes. Um, not a lot because it was only a month. You know, it was not too intensely aged. Right. But you do get some of those whiskey characteristics coming out. The whiskey, especially, I get it really um I get it in the front, but I really get it on the finish. The finish turns out being just a lot. Um, it's it's mellow, but yet it has some of that that char characteristic. It's beautiful. So this is great by itself. Do you again? Do you see other people doing any kind of cocktails with a barrel agent, or is it more one of those things you just sip on like a whiskey? I prefer to just sip on it like a whiskey. Um, this we did uh, give a couple bottles out to accounts, um, on-premise accounts, and they did have a lot of fun with the cocktails. I bet so. Any kind of cocktails that released or not to you that they discovered with it, with that little uh, note? Kind of just takes on gin and tonics, honestly. Yeah. Nothing too too strong. They didn't want to cover up the, the overall flavor. I like this. This is really nice. It almost... It almost makes me, you know, you think about those uh, barrel-aged cocktails, right? That have become yeah. so. I don't know if you could do a barrel-aged gin and tonic because the tonic would lose its fit. That'd be that would be if you just it, you influence the tonic with wood as well. That could be that could be kind of cool. Well, because you could just use tonic syrup and not tonic. That's right. That's right. I don't know if anybody's tried this. Now, now I'm getting my R and D going here. See, it's inspiring. <laughs> I like it. This is very tasty. I really like this. This is um, it's incredibly interesting and creative. And um, what is this? What the this? Uh, I love this character that's on the your bottles. It, and it's and and he has or it's either it, tell tell us about. It. Is this yeah. old Dominic or an old Dominic character of sorts? Yes. So that is Nico. He's Nico. our he is our mascot. Yeah. Uh, so that toddy that I told you about that existed before prohibition actually had two roosters on the label. Yeah. And we learned that those weren't just roosters. They were Dominicker roosters. Dominicker. All right. And so as soon as we learned that, we realized we had to keep them around. Um, and so our creative firm at the time redid him, made him, you know, kind of, kind of tough looking and gave him a shot glass, of course. Um, 
and we call him Nico. Nico's so. like holding the that shot glass, like it's mine. Get away. Have you, have you, did you see the gin label? Did uh, you, did you no. notice him on the gin label? Okay, this one. Yes. Do you see what? Oh, it I see, actually now that I look really closely, yes. It's a martini glass. <laughs> he has a martini glass on this one. Look at that. <laughs> He's equal opportunity. He's gonna have a martini. He's gonna have a shot. Does he hold anything else? Um, our honey bell citrus vodka. He's got a honey bell under his claw. <laughs> That's great. Which again is only grown in just southern just south. Just southern Florida. Just southern Florida. Yep. Uh, grapefruit and tangerine. Tangerine. I think I've had one of those before, honey bell. But it's it's something you unless you're getting to that that area or they do export some of them. You see some in, in Tennessee too. You have to order them from Harry and David. Get an order from Harry and David. Yep. They have like, they they're the only ones. So it used to be Cushman's was the brand that owned it, um, and I think they were bought by Harry and David or something. So now that's the only place you can order them from. Wow. Okay. That's I like Harry and David products. I see uh, Sailor is saying hello to you in the Tennessee family. We had a good time interviewing Sailor uh, the other night. That was a good time. <laughs> Uh, a lot of great Tennessee folks. We tried the Alpha Nearest. That was a really good time. We had a nice time. Uh, so, okay. So this is something that if you did want to actually try the fruit, you order from Harry and David. Yep. Try some of the, maybe try some of the fruit with the vodka so that you know what you're looking for. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of great cocktails you make with the, uh, the honey bell vodka. Oh, it's uh, super versatile. You don't right. really have to do a whole lot to it. Sorry again, lazy bartender. I just do soda. Um, but it makes fantastic um, mimosas, bellinis, anything that you normally would do citrus with. It's fantastic. Very nice. Very nice. Well, the, it's so flavorful. You don't have to put it into a cocktail, right? These things are so right. good. They're great on their own or with a little soda or ice. <laughs> it always it always does help. Um, just to add a little ice, but I like, I like to try things neat. It's always fun to try. When something's great neat, it doesn't need much else. But. Exactly. But, you know, I've seen a lot of people getting more into uh, since COVID's been happening or since, you know, since the quarantine, uh, yep. a lot more experimentation at home. What, are you seeing some or hearing about friends in Memphis making some kind of fun cocktails there at home? Absolutely. I think people are bored out of their minds right now. Um, <laughs> and they realize they have plenty of time to take an extra three minutes to make a drink. Um so yeah, I know we've got a lot of people that are getting creative and I think it also helps that the bartenders are doing a lot of videos um, in live cocktail classes on Facebook and Instagram. So it's, it's drawing people in. Yes. Yes. We're, we're glad that you're on ours tonight and we've been doing this. Um, we had this almost every, I think almost over a month, every night since the beginning of quarantine, we've been doing the uh, quarantine drinking team series and we've had so much fun. It's been a way that, I can look forward to a great drink every night and great people like you, Alex. And uh, yeah, you're used to hanging out with us distillers all the time. <laughs> I'm used to going to those distilleries, going to those places. So just seeing these uh, these great folks is uh, letting me know that it's we're going to get through another day together. We and, are, uh, and hopefully we'll be back on the road at uh, some point. Now, as you as you think about your your friends, the bartenders, you're saying the uh, as they've been so important to you all the hospitality staff. Um, talk about how they've been a part of helping your brand grow and, and you know, what have you all been doing to, to really support them um, since this has been happening? 
I mean, our bartenders have been our number one supporters. Um, even the original release of the gin and the R&D line, we partnered with, um, I think it was eight bartenders for the launch wow. um, and did a nice cocktail competition um, with it. And then they highlighted it throughout the city. Um, and then just since you know COVID-19 started, we've, um, let's see, we did Taste 901 to go. So it was pushing all of the curbside deliveries that all the restaurants have started up. So we wanted to promote and get people to um, to really show up for the restaurants. And then starting today, actually, I think it was, we went live with um, hashtag Raise Spirits. Ooh. So every um, bottle of Old Dominic that is bought for the next, um, I believe about a month, month and a half, uh, $5 will actually be donated back to yeah. a COVID-19 hospitality relief fund. Oh, that's wonderful. So that is the hashtag. So you, you buy the spirit, then you hashtag it, post it on social media. How does that work? Yep. So um, you buy it. I have to, like, this is terrible. My marketing director is probably cringing because I can't remember all the details. <laughs> you take pictures um, and you hashtag it. And we've partnered. Um, so Old Dominic is giving part of the $5. Our owners are also making up some of that. Our sales team came together and are donating part of the $5. And even some of our vendors are um, helping contribute to get us to that $5 mark. That is fabulous. So take take a look at uh, social media or go to your website is olddominicdistillery.com. Olddominic.com. Olddominic.com. Go there. You can learn about it on the social, Facebook and all that. Yep. We should be posting about it pretty much every day for the next couple of weeks. And you, and, and if people want to uh, buy your spirits, order your spirits, are they available online to order as well? We do have a couple of online retail partners. Um, okay. We do Sealbach is one um, out of DC. And then I believe we're also on, I think it's called Spirit Hub. Okay, you're on those couple. So otherwise you're in which states? You're in the entire state of Tennessee, Mississippi, Arkansas, Missouri, um, Georgia, Wyoming, um, Wisconsin. Good places to be. <laughs> so if you're in one of those places, go find it. Otherwise, uh, order online. That's great that you all are doing that to help uh, support those uh, those uh, those charities. And uh, that's really good. That's really nice. This is very tasty stuff. You know, the more I drink the um, the barrel aged gin, I think a lot of spirits they're good off the top. But the more I taste this, the more I am getting that barrel the more my palate is really understanding the, the uh, intricacies. Some spirits are more that way than others, right? That you have to keep drinking them to really. I honestly, I find most of them, you need to do that just to get over your initial yeah. reaction to it. Yeah, I think so. Why, why is that? Why, why do, why do our palates need that so much? I, especially if it's something different, I think you just are kind of shocked by the flavor. Um, yeah. And if it's a very strong flavor, that's, I think all you can focus on. Whereas if you kind of continue with it, you'll get over that initial reaction and finally be able to pick up on all of the different layers of it. Yeah. Alex, Alex, you have a great palate. You make great stuff. Alex and I actually uh, judged a uh, spirit competition to get, uh, together. What was that? In, was it in Breckenridge? The craft spirit? Yeah, I was still on the hill in Breckenridge. Still on the hill. We judged that together. That was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoy um, judging spirit competitions, and that was a fun one. Your, your spirits, though, you're, you, you've been doing, how long have you been a master distiller for? 
Um, I became head distiller back in 2015 and then accepted the title of master distiller January of last year. Excellent. Congratulations on that. Thank you. It's, yeah. So you've been doing the distilling for what, five, six plus years more? I mean, I've been in Memphis for five, um, got into the industry 12 years ago. Excellent. You've been at it for a while. Actually, someone just asked a question about um, what's your favorite part of being a master distiller, ask sailor. Um, getting to create really fun products like the all the cookies bourbon. We're gonna try that one next. <laughs> I saw that. That was a good question, Sarah. Thank you. No, I, I would think that would be a lot of fun. Uh, when I saw all the cookies, because I had no idea what to expect, I'm like, oh, cookies. I'm like, this is what's <laughs> you wondered what I sent you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, the story behind the cookies is this just like because we say taste like it could be like chocolate chip cookies or okay, so tell us what is the story? This is beautiful, by the way. This is so so interesting. What is the story behind this? So um, I'm I'm a craft beer drinker, and so one of the first things I did when I moved to Memphis was become friends with all the brewers. And uh, one in town, Metalson Brewing, has been bugging me about getting barrels for I don't even know how long. And we finally gave them like twelve or fourteen barrels. And so they decided to have a lot of fun with it. And they put five different beers in those barrels and let them age for about a year. And last November released them one each weekend in November. And while they were aging, they actually let me come out to the brewery and taste the product. Um, so I could see if there was a barrel I wanted back. And they had this all the cookies ale that I loved. It's oatmeal raisin cookie beer that actually is fermented on raisins. Um, and they put more raisins and vanilla in the barrel and it just was phenomenal. And I had to know what it would taste like with a bourbon. And so we took the barrel back and we let the bourbon sit in there for about two weeks. Wow. So this is the bourbon that is, um, so it's, it's first, first a bourbon, it's aging in the barrel and then you empty it and then you put it into this beer barrel. Yes. Then what happens? It just, it picks up, it picks up that, it, did it actually have like cookies in the beer out of, or just the flavor of cookies? What was the Just the ingredients they used. They, they like actually ferment it with raisins. They put raisins in the barrel while it was aging. They put vanilla in it, cinnamon, just a ton of different oh, ingredients. That That's amazing. So that, that lingers on the barrel and takes those flavors out. That's mm -hmm. something. I've had I've had um, bourbons aged in used barrels, but never anything quite this distinct that has a note that so it is both beer like and non beer like. This is it was a bit of a gamble. <laughs> you weren't exactly sure what happened. Oh no! It could have it could have bombed, but it was worth the risk. It's beautiful. So you get that nice creaminess, almost like you are having. An oatmeal cookie, that cinnamon, yep. the spices, but yet you get the back notes of the bourbon. I mean, the flavors do play so well together. And that's why we cut it off at two weeks. I was afraid if we let it go any longer that we would lose the bourbon characteristic. Because you thought it might just just explode into cookie. Yeah. too much cookie. Oh, uh, look who else is watching here. Cassie Burroughs says, can't wait to try all the hello, Cassie, and thanks for watching. Uh, you do have to try it. It's great. It's, we it's, still have some bottles at the distillery. so It's really great. And that's the only place you can find yeah. this one. That's it, it is amazing. It's, it's, it's the greatest compliment. And another comment, uh, 
off of YouTube, My Bourbon Journey. Alex is doing a fantastic job. You really are. You're Thank making you. some very creative products. What What else, uh, any other uh, special, um, well, I know there are, but anything that you can tell us about as far in your R&D that you're, are you cookie-fying any uh, whiskeys? Are you... <laughs> This one will probably come back. Um, I'm pretty sure the brewery's making the beer again. You have to go make sure they do. You have to go say, look, you got to make more of that so I can do that. That beer sold out in, I think it was 12 minutes for them. So they're going to make it again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, we actually took another barrel of theirs back. It's a a Belgian strong ale. And so we've actually got that product um, waiting to be released. So that'll be coming out soon. Um, And then we've actually got a wheat whiskey that'll be coming out later this year, as well as a um, special blend of straight whiskeys as well. A blend of straight whiskeys, a a wheat whiskey? So we'll have a wheat whiskey and then the blend of straight whiskeys is actually a high rye bourbon and a wheat whiskey blended together. High rye bourbon. And as your, is your, um, your original bourbon is the name of that bourbon again is the. Uh, Old Dominic. The Old Dominic bourbon. Is that a high rye recipe? Um, what we have out now, yes, we do not actually know what was released before prohibition. Okay. All right. But what you have now is someone had asked is it is a high, yeah. high rye. Um, yeah, it's 52% corn. corn and 44% rye. Wow. What did, what did the brewers think of this? This bird? What, what, what did they say when you brought this back? They loved it. <laughs> they loved it. I'm pretty sure they all already drank all the bottles we gave them. So. <laughs> Well, it's such a fun way. Whether it's it's uh, beer in um, in used bourbon barrels, this this whole barrel finishing, barrel aging. Um, have you have you done so, any experiments with uh, wine barrels? Are you are you planning on doing any? What other kind of barrel experiments are you wanting to do? Um, so far, nothing is on the radar. Um, no. But it doesn't mean we won't do won't do something down the road. It's fun to see the beer one though, because we do see so many uh, sherries and ports, and those are really good. But it's fun to see. Um, one that's beer and a very special beer out there. So again, if you're watching this and you really are thinking, uh, I got to get some of the all the cookies. The distillery is where you can get it, and you're actually doing. Uh, if you're in the Memphis area, you're doing. You can pick up whiskey to go, spirits to go. How does that work? So we were doing curbside. Um, we've kind of stalled it for a little bit, but hopefully in a week or two we might be able to start it back up. Okay, so so be watching. Yep. The folks there at Old Dominic, and um, you may be doing that again. Absolutely. What do you think this um, this whole, uh, you know, what's it going to do for craft distillers long term? The COVID crisis, um, you know, obviously you're a brand that's that's uh, relied heavily on the restaurant hospitality industry. Um, they've really helped your products a lot, and you've grown a big fan base. How do you think it's going to affect uh, craft distilling in, in general if this goes on much longer or just if it started back tomorrow? I think, it, if anything, it's strengthened our relationship with uh, both on-premise and off-premise accounts um, because the liquor stores are still doing a booming business because yeah. they're stuck at home with their children right now, so they need alcohol. Uh, but then, of course, uh, the curbside with all the restaurants and the to-go cocktails and things like that, I think it's just it's even brought us closer together. Um, and we realized just how heavily we rely on them. But then I, hopefully they see that we're there for them as well. Right. It's, it's great. It's made everyone closer. 
I think so. We Yeah, and we found new and creative ways to work together to tell these stories, yep. which I think those stories will continue to be told in new and, um, and creative ways. I mean, I, I've had a lot of fun um, getting a little bit more creative. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So someone else asks here, um, they think that, they say, they hey, Alex, Tennessee bourbon is, they think it's very underrated. I mean, there's a lot of people who like it, but someone thinks it's underrated. But someone's asking, um, where can I find your products in the Northeast? Is it in the Northeast or do they have to order it? Yeah, we're not up there um, right now. So you're going to have to order it. Um, yeah, it, yeah, we're nowhere near Northeast. I had to think about how far North we went, but we're not, we're not up there right now. May have to order that. What do you, what do you think of, um, uh, you know, in general, Tennessee whiskey, I mean, Tennessee whiskey has always been popular, but with what has happened with um, the Tennessee whiskey trail with more and more craft distillery brands in Tennessee, how is that going to help Tennessee whiskey continue to be known? How is it going to help the, uh, the history of Tennessee whiskey? I, I think people are finally seeing that there's more than just one Tennessee whiskey out there. Right. We all know and love Jack. We wouldn't be here without them. Um, the category wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be what it is without them. So we love them. We respect them. But when that's really the only brand you're familiar with, it kind of limits you in your idea of what the category is. And so now that all of these distilleries have finally come online, we finally have our own product coming out. I think it's going to show the consumers that there is a lot more to Tennessee whiskey than what they ever thought. So many different expressions of it, so many different ways that it, it can be made. Um, that's, that's really cool. The, the, the way that when you look at and how do you make your whiskeys, what, what are you going for as far as the flavor goes, the expression, um, being from Tennessee but doing a bourbon, what are you, what are you hoping to convey with, with your whiskeys? So um, I'm from Kentucky, grew up you know, in bourbon world, so I'm definitely yeah. more traditionalist in most of those things. Um, so I have a very traditional bourbon um, mash bill that we're using. Um, we're actually not doing um, intense charcoal mellowing. Um, it's actually very minimal as of right now, um, just because again, I'm more bourbon than, than Tennessee whiskey. Give it, you know, five more years. I'll be more Tennessee whiskey. So, and we also, we do make three different whiskeys as well. So we have right. the traditional Tennessee whiskey, but then we have a bourbon and we also have a wheat whiskey. Um, so I kind of just embrace all of the different whiskey categories, regardless of the state that it's from. That's important. I think just to, to, to share different styles in what you do. I think it makes, any distiller or craft distiller uh, that much more interesting to have a variety of styles to feel like there's a lot of different expressions you can do your wheat whiskey coming your your blend uh, these all sound uh, very exciting uh, someone asked is there a place where you can read the origin of um, old Dominic that would just be on your website where they can read yeah, the yeah we have a nice history section on the, yeah. the website olddominic.com or if you did get here a little bit late into our live broadcast, the great news is this is going to be permanently up on the link you're watching it on, on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. So go back, definitely share this. I think it's uh, so important to share, uh, to help support uh, not only the broadcast, but more importantly, what Alex is doing there and the great folks there at Old Dominic, because right now is a time when we all need to be supporting uh, craft distillers, 
you know, you know, the big companies, which we do love the big companies too. We know those, those are going to continue to grow during this, but we, we want to make sure we're really lifting up the uh, craft distillers, um, old Dominic, all craft distilling brands, right? It's so important, isn't it? Absolutely. This, this industry is, has grown so much and it's becoming more and more fun because of the diversity. And I just, mm -hmm. I hope that the current climate does not destroy that. I, th I think it's just going to keep growing. I really do. I think we're going to get behind this and, and uh, continue to order those great products. The more I sip on this uh, bourbon, the more I get that sweet. It's more and more desserty. I mean, it just continues to get uh, just more and more like I'm having a good cookie. Do it as old-fashioned. So, like, so even though she says she's a lazy bartender, she does like making this into an old-fashioned, right? I do. <laughs> I don't know what it, which. Is pretty much a simple way, or what do you what do you do to make this an old fashioned? Uh, typically, ask my husband to make it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Or, or my bar manager will do um, little to go bags of old fashioned kits, so that I just come home right. with it too. <laughs> so however you make an old fashioned, I bet that would be an incredible old fashioned. A lot of that depth already there. Yep. Um, our friends there at Old Dominic Distillery. The social media team says, check out our online retailers at oldnominic.com. That'll help us find the old the, the uh, online retailers yep. for shipping information. Uh, this is such a special distillery from the story to what Alex does to the, the whole team there. You guys are just doing an amazing job. Uh, it's it's a great place. Once, once COVID's over, definitely go visit. You guys do tours, right? We do. Um Typically, we're open uh, Thursday through Sunday, um, starting tours at 1 p.m. Um, our bar is also open Wednesday through Sunday. Excellent. So you can have a cocktail made with um, the products, too, as yep. well as a sampling. It's a beautiful distillery. It's a really cool place. It's a really lovely craft distillery. Alex, you're doing an awesome job with this. Thank you. Thank you. Keep on, keep on growing it. I'm so glad to have you here tonight live on bourbonblog.com. So glad to have all of you watching. Um, definitely, like I said, like, share, continue to ask questions. Someone says they're so glad to have you in Illinois. Uh, probably you'll be going into even more states from here out, right? Yeah, we had a pretty decent expansion plan for this year. Um, we have kind of had to tweak it a little bit just because of everything going on, but we plan on you know going full steam ahead starting in the fall. Right, right. Memphis being a place that is so important to mu musicians as well and, and artists, um, what's that been like? What, it, what your 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 perspective? I mean, that's been not not so easy, right, for the artists right now. It has not been. It's been incredibly hard. Um, fortunately, we do have a great um, community, music community, and so I've seen them all kind of come together and they keep doing these live concerts on social media and all that kind of stuff. So it's fortunately, they're kind of like us with our um, bars and restaurants. They're leaning on each other and, and helping each other get through this. That's so important. That's good. We're all coming closer together. Yep. And tonight we're all having a sip together. Cheers, Alex. Thanks so much uh, for joining yeah. us here on our quarantine drinking team series here on bourbonblog.com. And uh, tomorrow night, it will be, I'm trying to remember, oh, we have uh, Cardinal Spirits from Bloomington, Indiana tomorrow night. 
Talk with Cardinal Spirits. Wednesday, it is Plantation Rum. And then Thursday, I have to think through this. Um, <laughs> Thursday, it's our friends from Sesame Creek Distillery in California. They have a really interesting, um, real smoky whiskey they do called Warbringer, which is a really interesting bourbon. So we're going to have all kinds of fun. You were the perfect start to the week, though, Alex. Thank you. Yeah, you really were. The, the really fun part is we do this every night, so the week really never stops. But you're definitely the, the, the best way to start off a new day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, Lich, Lich from Breckenridge is watching, too. Ah, hello. <laughs> Lich was watching. We were just talking about the Breckenridge uh, Spirits Competition we judged a few years ago, Lich. So. Well, cheers, Alex. Thank you so much. This is great stuff. Again, what we tried tonight, all the cookies bourbon, distillery only. Is the uh, is this the gin is distillery only too? The the main gin is available everywhere we are distributed. Right. This one is um no, it's distillery only. Distillery yeah. only, but the main gin, yep. formula number 10 is everywhere, and the bottle is just I love the color and the look of it. And uh Nico, Nico is on there too. Nice stuff. Thanks, Alex. We really appreciate you joining us. Great, great having a sip with you. Cheers. Cheers. All right, one moment here. And.